Did you know that studies have shown affirmations can profoundly influence your psychological well-being, enhancing self-confidence and reducing anxiety? Here at Positive Birth Australia, we have crafted a 20-minute birth affirmations track filled with soulful, carefully curated affirmations to empower, inspire, and guide you to deeply remember the power you hold within. And to my fellow belly birth mothers, we have created a track specifically for you to honor that all birth is a sacred moment of profound significance. For only $5, you can download and immerse yourself in our affirmations track to transform your mindset in the lead up to birth and during labor, serving as a potent reminder of the inherent power and love you possess. Visit us at www.positivebirthaustralia.com or head to the show notes and follow the link provided to start your journey toward a more empowered birth experience. Welcome to Positive Birth Australia, a podcast created to empower and educate mothers along their own pregnancy journey. Each week, I'll be sharing insightful and inspiring birth stories and advice in the hopes to help you create your own positive birth experience. I'm your host, Sky Marie. Let's get into today's show. Welcome back everyone. On today's show, I chat with birth photographer and mother of three, Bianca. Having birthed her first two babies within the hospital system, it wasn't until she started documenting birth that the potent contrast between birth environments and the impact it can have on women became apparent. When she conceived her third baby, she applied all the knowledge and wisdom she had gained through supporting other women to manifest the transformative birth she knew was possible. We chat about the surreal feeling of being in front of the camera instead of behind it and her inner dialogue as she felt all the sensations of physiological birth for the first time. Enjoy this episode. Bianca, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Could you just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Um, so I live in Brisbane. Um, we have three kids. Our eldest um, daughter, her name's Andy. She's five. She's going to school next year. Um, and then we've got Flynn, who's three and a half. And then we've got Poppy, who is three weeks. Beautiful. And were those pregnancies planned? Uh, they were, yes. So we're mainly focusing on your most recent birth today, but let's chat a little bit about your first two babes. How were your pregnancies with them? First two were pretty similar. Mm -hmm. Um, I was pretty sick to begin with, not like hospital inducing like HD or anything, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but um, spent a lot of time on the lounge. Um, And for the rest of the time, like they were all low risk. Um, I didn't have any problems, but um, I'm not really the type of person that loves being pregnant. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, so just hard on my body. Like I had the usual like sciatic pain and all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, okay. yeah in general, they they were pretty easy. Yeah. And how were your birth experiences with them? So Andy, she was born, um, we were living in New South Wales at the time. She was born at... Newcastle private and I went through a private obstetrician mm-hmm. she had a relatively normal birth I had an epidural with her when I got to the hospital I probably would have been like 
three or four centimeters. Okay. Um, but I still labored relatively easily considering I was on my back with an epidural. Yeah. Did you know much about birth when you first felt pregnant with her? No, absolutely not. Yeah, okay. <laughs> my, my idea of birth was, oh, just wing it and I'll go in and if I can't cope, I'll just get an epidural. That was basically. Mm -hmm. And I labored all day, like early labor with her before I went into the hospital at night. And then she was born at 4.07 the next morning. So I labored like eight hours, I think, in the hospital with her still. Mm -hmm. um, but no other help. Like I pushed her out. Um, and yeah, that was about, oh, they did give me episiotomy for her. Okay. as well yeah and so was there anything that you did differently for Flynn's birth no I still um wasn't educated which yeah. <laughs> look back now and I'm like god damn it <laughs> Bianca hindsight um yeah right um but he was we were living in Queensland by then um he was born at the Royal and he was posterior, so he gave me a bit of grief. Okay. Um, the start of his labour was really intense straight away um, and the contractions were a bit like irregular and all over the place and really painful and I got an epidural with him as well um, and an episiotomy again um, and he was a little bit longer with his labour because he was posterior and um, I remember with him, I had a fever through his labor. Mm -hmm. So um, we had to stay in the hospital for like 72 hours or something afterwards because they pumped him full of antibiotics and blah, 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 mm. which sucks. Yeah. So for any of my listeners that don't already know, you're an incredible birth photographer. Were you doing your birth photography at that stage? I wasn't back then. Um, I started pretty much um, a couple months after Flynn was born. I photographed my first birth. Yeah. yeah. So would you say that you becoming a birth photographer was a pivotal part in your journey? Yeah, 100%. Um, I remember when I first witnessed a home birth, I was like, oh, this is, <laughs> this is what it's meant to be like. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah, it just took me down a rabbit hole and obviously like, I, I won't go into details, but um, seeing, like, yeah, just what the hospitals do to women and um, the different side to that, I, it just really opened my eyes to what really goes on um, and how birth can actually be if you just let it be. Yeah. Two very contrasting environments, isn't it? Yeah, and I never really um, looked at my first two births as like negative or anything like that. But now that I know how birth can be, I look at it um, very differently. I'm like, oh, I wouldn't have done that and I wouldn't have done this. And yeah. um, I remember with Flynn's birth, they were very much watching me on the clock, um, wanting to take me in for a cesarean because, you know, I was taking too long to push and all that sort of stuff. And my poor husband, he was, he was wrecked after Flynn's birth because mm. they just, they weren't telling him anything and it was so long and, yeah, it was a bit. I had a really high um, epidural too, so I couldn't feel from basically like my torso down. Oh, okay. So there was a lot 
lots of things that they were doing and maneuvering me and giving me this and that. And there was just like they'd say your um, epidural is too strong. We'll turn it off. And then they were giving me medication for my fever. And yeah, I just felt really gross after his birth. And I remember I had that fever and um, you know how they have like the hot towels in their little heater compartment that they put on. Um, The midwife came and like changed that after birth and I was waiting for like the doctor to come back in and stitch me up and she put a fresh new towel that came out of the heater underneath me and I was like why did you just do that like I've got a fever I'm sweating yeah. and I remember laying on that bed just feeling so disgusting and I couldn't move because I'd had the epidural and yeah it was just mm. I just so gross yeah so fast forwarding to Poppy's birth what were some of the things that you did differently this time around? So um, by the time we fell pregnant with Poppy, I was very much in the birth world, um, been photographing birth for three years now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd done a lot more research, obviously, and even down to, like, you know, Elevate and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I realised that, um, you know, one of the main side effects is nausea. <laughs> Really? Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's um it's a really common side effect oh. for Elevate. Wow. Um so I didn't take that um at all. Like and with the other two I took it even before we were trying. Yeah. Um and not so surprisingly I was less nauseous this time round, which so interesting. Yeah, it's interesting, but I wasn't surprised. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I took beef liver capsules, um, probiotic, mm-hmm. magnesium, all the kind of more natural options, Yeah, which is also interesting because the beef liver capsules help with your iron and stuff, and I usually have really low iron in pregnancy, and my iron was fine this time around, mm-hmm. so that's also pretty interesting yeah I did that I was so I was less nauseous to begin with I I still had a touch of it but it wasn't um to the point where like I couldn't go to the grocery store and smell the meat section Mm -hmm. like with the other two um and then her pregnancy was pretty cruisy up until about I think I was probably halfway or a bit over I actually got um bronchitis So I was coughing for like weeks and weeks and weeks and that like the coughing and obviously all the relaxants in my body and stuff just absolutely annihilated my back and my body was really sore and so I had a really bad back for a few weeks but I went to the Cairo which I was already seeing even before I fell pregnant Mm -hmm. Um, but I also started acupuncture as well. well and so between those two they really helped yeah. and I it got a lot better um to the end of my pregnancy and actually her the end of my pregnancy with her um was the best I was way more mobile than the other two and I put that down to going to Cairo and acupuncture mm-hmm. um, and yeah when I got to the pointy end of being due um as they call it I was actually really happy just being pregnant and I wasn't like over it at all, which I really was with the other two. And they 
and insulin both came at 39 and 6. Mm -hmm. So I never hit my due date. So I think everyone kind of expected me to go early again. Yeah, for sure. And did you go into spontaneous labor with both of them? I did, yeah. Yeah, okay. Geez, not bad, bad, hey? Not going past the 40-week mark twice. <laughs> yeah, but even then, like, I remember I was so over it and I was like, oh, my God, I just be over, like, get out of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with Poppy, I wasn't like that. I was like, she'll come when she's ready. It was more like my husband, he worked for himself, um, so he was getting, like, not agitated, but he was like, oh, like, when's this baby coming? I need to organise my jobs yeah. and do this and do that. Like, come on, where is this baby? <laughs> um, but I was, yeah, I was just like, it'll be right. And my mum was, like, um, you know, asking the same questions and I was like, oh, it's okay. And she's like, everyone, you're just too happy. You're too happy for a pregnant lady that's overdue. Like, you need to get angry so this baby comes out. <laughs> It's fine. She'll come when she's ready. Yeah. Well, didn't know she was a girl then, but yeah, they'll come when they're ready. Exactly. And what model of care did you choose this time around? So I had a private midwife and I home birthed with Poppy. Yeah. And did you receive any pushback from anyone when you made that decision considering you'd had two hospital births? No, everyone, I mean, Dylan, my husband, was pretty prepared for me to go down that avenue after telling him some stories of what I've seen over the past three years. Yeah. Um, so that wasn't a surprise to him. <laughs> My mum probably had some reservations, but she never, like, pushed them onto me. She was very supportive and she, if she had fears, she wouldn't, like, you know, blurt them all out to me and put that onto me. So she was really lovely. Amazing. Um, most of our friends and family, yeah, they they seem pretty supportive and if they weren't I didn't know about it which was good yeah yeah were there any educational resources that you used in the lead up to this birth or were you already pretty confident because you'd been around birth so much um I think it was mainly what I'd seen to be honest yeah um I do have a bunch of birth books that I've bought to like hand out to my clients if anyone ever wants to read them and I read probably like halfway through five books but yeah. I just wasn't really gaining anything from them I was like oh like I know all this it's fine yeah and then we did do um a hypnobirthing course yeah, okay. um and that was really good like I love that as well and it taught me some things that I didn't know um and it was really good for Dylan as well like he loved hearing just kind of like the science behind birth like and you know what what can make your hormones go a certain way like and why like women stall when they get to the hospital because you kind of go into that fight or flight mode and yeah he really liked that side of it yeah so should we jump now into poppy's birth do you want to take us to that first line of labor with her so i she came at 41 plus three mm -hmm. And I always, I remember like having a really early um, appointment with my midwife and she's like, I just feel like, you know, you won't hit 40 weeks and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, we'll see. And I said, I just feel like this last baby will have, you know, this last lesson of patience for me. <laughs> and she did. So I actually had um, 
prodromal labor for like two weeks with her, which I didn't get with the other two. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the first time it started to ramp up, I was like, oh, and I'd been having Braxton Hicks and they were, they were more intense than Braxton Hicks. So I was like, okay, maybe it's happening. And, um, I just like flicked my team a message, um, saying like, I'm getting surges and they're a bit more intense and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, that was like two weeks prior to I be actually going into labor. <laughs> wow. That can be such a mind game. Considering that was the first time you'd ever experienced prodromal labor, was there anything that you did in particular to keep your mindset in a good space? They kind of, I was lucky in the respect that they weren't so intense that they, um, like tired me out and I was up with them. Mm-hmm. So they start, they'd start in the afternoon and then fizzle out by the time I went to bed. So, <clears throat> um, in that respect, like, yeah, I wasn't up all night with them and driving me insane, but I kind of got just used to them, you know, basically every afternoon coming. Um, and the only thing I was worried about, I was like, Oh shit. Like, when the time actually comes, I'm not going to believe that I'm in labor because yeah. I'll just prodromal, yeah, labor again. But um, yeah, it was exactly like two weeks after I first felt um, some surges that she came and it just started the usual way that it did. They were like, um, I think they started at like 3.30 in the afternoon. Um, and at this point I was like, I'm not going to tell mum. Mum was staying with us. She lives out like near Toowoomba, so she's like an hour away. Um, she was staying with us and Dylan was home and I was like, I'm not going to tell anyone because they'll just get excited and then they'll fizzle out and then they'll be like, oh, the baby's not coming today. <laughs> so I just sat there on the lounge and I was like, um, you know, doing my thing. And then Dylan made dinner and I had about two bites of it and I was like, oh, I just yuck. Like I don't want to eat that. And I started going to the toilet. My body was flushing everything out, um, which my mum was like, I knew you were in labour when I saw you going to the toilet so many times. (laughs) And then by about like seven or eight, they were getting pretty strong. I wouldn't, like they weren't unbearable, but I was definitely like starting to breathe through them. Um. And I jumped in the shower because I, I always have this thing. I don't know if it's just me, but I always have this thing when I, like, first think I'm in labour that I've got to get in the shower and have a shower. Oh, like, I don't yeah. know. Like, I've got to get ready. <laughs> um, so I jumped in the shower and, yeah, the water felt really good on my back at that stage and I was definitely breathing through them. And then I kind of gave myself, like, um, an hour. I was, was like, I'll just have an hour of, like, really strong decent contractions and then I'll reassess to see whether I'll like ring my team or not um and everyone was coming from like over an hour away well my midwife was like 50 minutes my doula was about 50 minutes and then my birth photographer was an hour and 20 away so yeah so I was like I don't want to leave it too long because everyone misses it I'll absolutely kick myself yeah and like last baby, I just wanted everything to be how I imagined it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, by nine o'clock, I was like, okay, they've been coming like really regularly, um, and like I'm starting to not be able to talk through them, and I'm you know 
reading through them and stuff. And so I rang everyone and my midwife was like, okay, like I won't rush, I don't think. And I was like, that's totally cool. Like I know I don't sound like I'm very far along. <laughs> um, but, yeah, she was the first one there and she came, um, I think she got there about like 10 or quarter past 10. Um, but while I was waiting for her to get there, I was on my, I got out of the shower and I got on my um, birth ball and I put the tens machine on. Um, and then I actually vomited, which I don't know if this is also a thing, but like every birth that I've been to where some, like the ladies vomited, it's always super close to when the baby arrives. Like it's not, you know, an early labor thing. Okay. Interesting. Um, that I've witnessed anyway. I don't know if that's. Yeah, um, definitely. So when I vomited, I was like, oh, I think that was like the actual stage where I was like, okay, I think I'm actually in labor now. <laughs> <laughs> so that's interesting being a birth photographer did you find that you were constantly comparing things that you had seen at other births with what you were experiencing I definitely was um yeah. in that mind it would have been hard not to no and even like um calling out my team that was the hardest decision and I always say to my clients like don't feel like you're like annoying me like you're literally paying me to be there like yeah ring me if you want me to be there and even if I've got to go home and then come back, like it's not a big deal. But for me to ring my um, team, I was definitely, like I definitely couldn't take my own advice. I was yeah. like, oh, I don't want to annoy anyone. And <laughs> <laughs> it's so, it was so strange being on the other end of it. But, yeah. yeah. I can imagine. Um, Have you ever missed a birth? No, touch wood. Nice. I've never had to use like a backup photography either. So how amazing! I think I can keep that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So while I was waiting for everyone to get there, I was on the ball, and then I vomited. Um, and then I said to Dylan, "I think you should blow up the pool and fill that up." Um, and we'd run through that, so that was pretty like painless. He had it up and like filling within twenty minutes or something, and I think it took about half an hour to fill. Um, were your kids awake at this stage? Yeah, so at this stage it was like 10 o'clock at night, so they were asleep. Okay. Um, but we did wake them up later. Okay. Because um, yeah. I, had, I had a discussion with my daughter. I was like, do you want to get woken up if it's nighttime? And she was like, yes. So, <laughs> um, yeah, we did that. Um, but, yeah, so once Dylan had filled the pool, I pretty much got straight in and I didn't know how I was going to go with the pool because I hadn't used any water therapy at all through the other two. Like, I literally used nothing with them. Like, so stupid. I bounced on the ball with Andy and that was about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I had not no idea about whether I'd actually like the birth pool or not. Um, but I got in and it took me a little while to figure out, like, what felt good for me. But I ended up, like, yeah, with my arms kind of slumped over the side and kind of kneeling in the pool um but yeah then my midwife arrived and my doula arrived second and then when my birth photographer got there I was I just remember being like okay well this can happen now everyone's here <laughs> um and then pretty much like as soon as everyone arrived that's when they started to get really intense and um yeah it was so funny like hearing myself and experiencing it because I was comparing to like 
what I'd seen all the way through. And then, yeah, I got to the point of what I've seen so many women say before me, say, you know, I can't do it anymore. I don't know how long I can do this for. Um, so, yeah, I pretty much hit transition basically as soon as everyone arrived. Yeah. Um, and then because I hadn't felt birth before, like I'd always had an epidural, so I, I didn't know the feeling of what pushing a baby felt like or, you know, when the head was there or anything. Yeah. Um, so I asked my midwife around that time, I was like, can you see anything? And she was like, no. And I was like, oh, God. Yeah. But then my waters broke at some point too, which I'd never experienced, and it was like a big yeah, burst and it felt so strange, but it was like a relief at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think I had asked my midwife, I was like, oh, should we wake the kids up? Like, is it getting close type of thing? And she was like, yeah, you can wake them up now. And so, like, even though she didn't say anything about my progress or anything, but the kind of just that statement of waking up the kids, I was like, okay, I've got to be close, like, Hang in, hang in there a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, so we woke them up. Yeah, it was probably around, I don't know, a bit past 11 we woke them up. Um, and my daughter was a bit, not standoffish, but she was a bit wary to begin with. She's only five and she's she's had a bit of trauma around, like, blood and that sort of thing because she found and used needle on the beach a couple of years ago. <gasps> Um, and we got into the car and she's like, mom, I've got a scratch on my foot. And I was like, oh my, we had to take her to the hospital and get tested. And, um, yeah, she's fine. But the, the doctors took like eight, eight tries to get blood out of her. So Mm. it was pretty traumatic and she remembers it. And so she's a bit funny with like things now, but we did a lot of preparation with her, um, Leading up to birth, we'd watch like videos and stuff, and I read "Welcome Home" by Alicia. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, she um, when she came out, she was a bit hesitant, but then I looked at her and like said, "I'm I'm okay," because I was roar- uh, roaring a bit by that stage, and um, that was one thing she <laughs> she always was telling me when I was pregnant. She's like, "I hope you're quiet, mum, when you have a baby." <laughs> like, well, I can't. I can't promise that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I just kind of like looked over at her and I was like, mom's okay. Like I'm okay. And um, yeah, I, I said to her, I was like, it's just like I'm doing a really big poo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and after that she was fine. She even like held my hand through contractions and stuff. She was really sweet. So mm-hmm. I think she just needed that reassurance from me. And then um, our son Flynn, he – Dylan went and got him and he actually, he kind of had a look around and then he just fell back asleep and he was laying on the lounge next to my mum, um, next to me in the birth pool, snoring away while I was oh. pushing a baby out. So Bless him. He didn't actually wake up until he heard Poppy crying after she'd been born. So, wow. yeah, that was funny. But, um, yeah, my water's broke and then I definitely felt a change after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I I found the strength to keep going after we got the kids up and stuff. So then I just felt 
like that um, overwhelming urge to push, which I'd never felt either. Like I was coach pushed with the other two and, you know, pushing took like two hours with the other two on my back. Yeah. Um, Did you have any fears around the episiotomies that you had previously had? No, the only, honestly, the only thing I was not worried about, but, you know, had that thing in the back of my head was, can I cope with this? Like I've had two epidurals before. I haven't experienced it fully. Like I don't know if I'm strong enough. That was my main thing. Um, I wasn't worried about like anything going wrong or pairing or anything like that. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, it, I started feeling really pushy and I said to my midwife, I was like, I feel like I'm pushing and I can't help it. But like, you know, what if I'm not there yet? And she's like, just go with your body. And um, that was, yeah, that was awesome to hear. Um, just like my team were the best of the best, if I do say so myself. <laughs> but, um, yeah, just hearing that and being like, okay, this is totally normal. Like if my body wants to do that, then um, just let it be. So I kind of went with it. And honestly, I don't, even if I tried to stop pushing, I don't think I could have. Like it was just so overwhelming Mm. really funny too because like when that urge came it kind of I don't know how to explain it but it it was like a totally different sensation to what the contractions had been prior just prior to that like they were really intense and then once I had that feeling of pushing they weren't as um like painful or intense and it was really yeah it was really weird. <laughs> yeah. So then um, her head came out pretty slowly. Um, it took like a few contractions for her head to fully come out. And then I think there was a fair bit of like a a breather from like when her head came out to then when I got my next contraction. So that was pretty good just to have a, a bit of a break and be like, okay, I'm almost there. Yeah. Did you have much inner dialogue going on in that moment, considering these were all, you know, new sensations that you were feeling? Um, Yeah, I was just kind of blown away, to be honest. Like I'd never felt (laughs) that ring of fire feeling and all that sort of stuff before. So it was just, yeah, it was, I was kind of taking it all in quietly because I was like, holy crap, this is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And then, yeah, when the next um, surge came, I pushed her body out. And then my husband, even I think even before her head came out, I was like, Dylan, get back there and catch her or <laughs> catch them. Because um, I'd mentioned to everyone that maybe I would like to catch my baby this time. But I was like, if I'm not in a position to do it, or whatever, like I'm happy for Dylan to do it or whoever's around <laughs> to catch the baby. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like I just I didn't I didn't want to move from the position that I was in. So I was like, Dylan, get back there. And then he just caught her and um kept her under the water and passed her through my legs. So mm. and I picked her up out of the water. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. So she was born at um eleven forty eight. So I really only had um yeah, like an hour of my photographer being there. So wow. 
overall it went pretty quickly yeah and at what point did you announce that she was a girl so um we'd spoken to andy about um having like a special job to make her kind of feel you know like she had a part of the whole thing um i asked her if she wanted to do that and she was like yeah so um and we'd spoken about that like all the way through the pregnancy um and we asked her we asked her and then she got a bit shy and she's like no i don't want to i was like it's okay we'll just wait so we waited because i really wasn't in a rush and i i feel like with my last two labors as well i've kind of forgotten that like oh yeah the baby's like a boy (laughs) or a girl because i'm so used to not finding out it just becomes a baby to me like i'm you know so um I was like, it's fine, we can wait. So I think we waited about 15 minutes and I asked her again a bit later and she was like, yeah. So we pulled her up out of the water and, of course, she thought it was a boy because of the umbilical. <laughs> like, have a closer look. <laughs> yeah, and then she was really excited because she'd, she'd been hoping for a baby sister, so she was stoked. Mm. Was she fine throughout the birth? Yeah. Yeah, she was fine. She had my mum. Um, and she, I think she also had a cuddle with my doula hmm. through that time as well. So she would like, she honestly surprised me because I was, I was very much like, however she'll be, she'll be like, I don't want to put pressure on her or, you know, make her do something she doesn't want to do. So I kind of just had it in my mind of like, if she wants to go to her room and not be a part of it, like that's totally fine. But she, she was amazing. And yeah, she she was holding my hand and she came up once I'd birthed Poppy and she like gave her a little pat and stuff. Mm-hmm. So she was definitely, she was watching the midwife um, with the mirror while I was birthing the head as well. Cause that's in that welcome home book where, you know, the midwife's got a mirror and you can see the baby's head coming out. So she really used that book um, as like a little Bible for her, which was really cute. So amazing. And how were you feeling in that moment after just birthing Poppy? Um, relief, but I was just in sh- like in shock that I'd done it. I was yeah. like, holy shit, I just did that. Mm. And I think um, I'm trying not to cry. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, my husband was really like in awe as well. Mm. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was just. I think my husband, Dylan, he was like, because um, Hannah, my photographer, she set up a camera like close by to us um, just recording. Yeah. And um, Dylan said to me later, he's like, oh, there's going to be so much swearing on that. And I was like, what do you mean I was swearing? And he's like, no, me, because like once I'd birthed her, he was just like, holy shit, holy <laughs> shit, holy shit. Like, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think just like the contrast too for him. Yeah. Um, being in our home, surrounded by people that you know he'd met prior, and we have a relationship with, and yeah, every, everything was just so much more special. Yeah, absolutely. And how long were you in the birth pool for after she was born? Um, not too long. I started contracting contracting for my um placenta basically straight away Mm -hmm. I birthed 
the placenta and then I pretty much got out maybe after five minutes or so. Um, she had a bit of meconium on her and like there was not an excessive amount of blood in the water, but I was like, oh, should I get out? Like, is this normal? And the midwife was like, yeah, it's totally fine, but we'll just get you out to check you over anyway. Um, so then, yeah, I just got out and the next room was our bedroom. So that's where we chose to go. And um, that's when she latched on and she, I think she latched for like, an hour and a half or two hours. Like once she was on, she was like, I am not moving. Oh, so cute. Yeah. She, she was actually my biggest baby too. Oh. So the rest, um, Andy and Flynn were, well, Andy was seven pound two, Flynn was seven pound four, and Poppy was nine pounds. What? Well done. Yeah. That's incredible. And any tearing at all? I had a one degree tear. Um, Amazing. And so, yeah, my midwife were just like, you don't need to do anything. It'll just heal naturally. And yeah, Isn't that amazing to think that you had two seven-pound babies that doctors gave you episiotomies for, then you go on to have a nine-pound baby at home and first-degree tear, I know. basically it's nothing. Insane. It's incredible. Um, like she looked a bit rolly when she came out. And I was like, oh, she's probably like eight pounds or something. And yeah. <laughs> midwife kind of looked at me and mum and was like, no. <laughs> and then yeah we measured her and weighed her and stuff and me and my mum like our faces just dropped I think you're we like what <laughs> oh, I love it yeah Amazing. it was crazy and what about your placenta did you do anything special with that so probably gonna gross out some people but I had a smoothie awesome. um yeah so my doula she just um like chopped up the placenta basically and like put it into serving sizes so that um later on dylan could just mimic what she yeah um <clears throat> so yeah and honestly like I, you cannot taste it if you make it properly you can't even tell like it just tastes like grease. yeah yeah we just did that so i had smoothies over like a couple of weeks and then my midwife is also taking um a portion to do like a tincture with as well oh cool I love that yeah so and you only need like a really tiny bit to do that Mm -hmm. so um yeah mainly went to um placenta smoothies so how did you feel when you had a moment to sort of reflect on your experience yeah it was pretty surreal like I just I think I said I can't believe I just did that like 50 million times (laughs) And just laying, like, on my own bed, especially after Flynn's birth and just remembering how hot and sweaty and disgusting I was on that hospital bed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was just amazing to to lay on my own bed and just chill out. My kids running around and my mum was there and, yeah, it was – Dylan had a beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was good. So taking into account your biggest concern was whether or not you could handle the pain of labour, did you feel at any point it was unbearable? No, I think I was, like, way more obviously prepared for it this time. Like, we'd done the hypnobirthing and that definitely taught me, like, um, more breathing techniques to manage um, and focus on. Like, 
Whereas with the other two, I, I felt very much out of control and like very scared and tense and like, yeah, through a contraction, I would just be tense up and be like, I can't do it. Um, but this time around, I just really focused on my breathing, um, which helped a lot. And I also used one of the the combs, the acupuncture, acupressure comb. Oh, yep. I've heard of those. Yeah. So it kind of like triggers your brain to focus on a different pain rather than the other pain that you're experiencing. And um, yeah, and actually Amy felt that you interviewed the other day. She asked me because she didn't get to use hers and she's like, do you think it helped? And I was like, well, I didn't want to put it down. So I assume that would be a yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my hand was sore after it and I don't know how I didn't break it. But yeah, I definitely felt like that helped too. Yeah. So when do you go back to work? It'll be really interesting, I guess, for you to go and document all these other home births now that you've had your own, right? Yes, I've got um, a client due in December. Um, and I'm actually, before I left, I actually made the decision to not do hospital births anymore. I only attend home births. Yeah, okay. Um, and I just did that basically to protect my own energy and yeah. what I see. And it's very draining when you come home from a hospital birth sometimes after you've witnessed some stuff. Yeah, I can imagine. So, yeah, I'm only doing home birth now and, yeah, I've got my client due mid-December and then I've got a few booked in for next year already. So I'll just um, I'll see how Poppy goes, but I'm planning to baby wear her um, for the December client. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, just see how yeah, we go. How has your postpartum been this time around? Really, really good. Um, and I think I've put that down to... Um, inducing the placenta as well because I, I haven't done that before. Yeah. Um, and I didn't get any touch of like postpartum blues or anything. Amazing. Um, yeah, I just felt really good. And I think that's also to do with like the team that I had as well. Like my midwife, really beautiful. My jewel has been here like countless times through postpartum. So I got like, um, antenatal and then birth and then postpartum care with her she comes over and makes me delicious food and makes sure I'm drinking water and all that sort of stuff so yeah it's been a dark contrast with post um we always have a laugh (laughs) me and Dylan because when I when we just had Andy our first um we had chickens at the time and we had um family over and I put out a cheese platter and I was like Dylan put the chickens away because they'll get on the table and they'll eat the cheese and he's like yeah yeah yeah." and um of course he didn't put the chickens away and they got up on the table and smashed my cheese platter and I just remember like going into my bedroom because I didn't want to cry in front of like his family but I just went into my bedroom and like sat on my bed and absolutely like lost it over chicken I remember again and he's like um he just had this face like are, are you okay and I was like <laughs> so much you know, what? <laughs> yeah I didn't I didn't cry over chickens all the time so that was good do you still have chickens no we don't <laughs> but yeah total total contrast to that as well compared to my life yeah how's Dylan's perception of birth after this experience 
Um, I think he's like, yeah, going to be a strong advocate for home birth to anyone that can, will listen to him. (laughs) He's like, everyone should home birth. Like, what the hell? Um, But yeah, no, he was just, yeah, he was blown away by it all, which is really nice to see. So beautiful. Um, Yeah, and it was for my mum as well. Um, She's in her 70s. She'll probably hate me saying that, but... um, and she had hospital birth and, like, she's, she was there for Andy's birth. Um, and then I've got a brother and sister, but I think all of my nieces and nephews were cesareans, I'm pretty sure. Okay. So all she knows is hospital births as well. So for her to witness that too was, like, yeah, really incredible. Wow. And I think... um like having the kids there too. Like I really hope, I mean, they can do what they want, but I'd love if my kids home birth when it was their time as well and just changing the narrative around birth and having it be a normal thing and in your home and, yeah, I'm really proud that I did it in front of the kids. Yeah, so amazing. And this is you guys done now with babies? No, Dylan Dylan would kill me. (laughs) after the home birth, I was like, I could totally do that again. But yeah. <laughs> I'm, no, we're done. We're done. Yeah. What key piece of advice would you give to any expectant mothers out there? I think honestly just like how how much I stressed myself out about like am I going to be able to do this? Am I strong enough? Like yeah. um, I think even if you are like me and you've, you've had epidurals before and you don't think that you can do it. Like if I can do it, (laughs) anyone can do it. It's so cliche, but like, yeah, it's just, I think if you do the prep work and you're really like well-educated in birth and um, yeah, anything's possible. Yeah. And we're built for this, right? Absolutely. And this whole thing of like, your baby's too big or, you know, like all the reasons they come up with to induce women or take them for cesareans, like, yeah, it could 90% of it be solved if they just let us birth to birth. Yeah. When I had, um, does he still have to have like a booking in appointment with the like backup hospital? Mm-hmm. Um, and when I had that, yeah, they were like, you know, um, what's your plan if you need to transfer into hospital and blah, 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 blah. And I said, like, I'll just ring the ambulance. Like, what Yeah. What other, you know, I'm not going to get there any quicker if I get in my car and drive. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just kind of like um, we're, only, we're only 20 minutes from my backup hospital anyway, which wasn't really, like, wasn't a a factor for me to even think about because I was like I'm not I'm not bothered by all of that it was literally just whether I could cope without an epidural that was my main deal but yeah that booking that I had with the hospital um it was a teleconference thing mm-hmm. um I was like 20 weeks at the time and the doctor was like so you know um if you get to 40 weeks um how do you feel about induction and I was like Dude, what, no, we're not even talking about that right now. I'm 20 weeks. Yeah, like, what the? Oh, it's 
ridiculous. Crazy. Did they put any more pressure on you once they realised you went over 40 weeks? Yeah. I had a few calls from the hospital, mm -hmm. um, but I just didn't answer them. And then I'd tell my midwife, I was like, the hospital rang me again. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there was no there was no way I was going in. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Bianca. It's been such a pleasure chatting with you and hearing all about your journey. Thanks for having me. Been awesome, and I only cried a little bit, so that was good. <laughs> that brings us to the end of today's show. I really loved how Bianca proved to her inner self that she had the innate ability to birth her baby and not crumble to the pain she thought she might not cope with. This episode also brings to light for me the fact that despite Poppy being two-ish pounds heavier than her siblings, she was able to birth her without injury or any need of help. It decimates the narrative some women are unfortunately subjected to that their babies are too big for them and XYZ needs to happen for them to have a safe birth. What a great story to prove that your body knows its threshold and will almost always grow a baby you are capable of birthing. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Let me know what you think over on the PBA Instagram and I'll see you guys next week for another episode of Positive Birth Australia. Bye.